welcome to Grief Unfiltered, a podcast about grief and how the fuck to handle it. I'm your host, Jamie Ailes. Thank you so much for being here. Happy December, y'all. We are in the holidays. It is holiday season. I'm feeling festive. It dropped below 70 degrees in Houston. So things are looking up for us, y'all. I hope everyone is doing okay. I feel like I don't know if y'all are doing okay. I did a poll on Instagram, like, how are we doing post Thanksgiving, like going into December? What's the vibe? And and it wasn't great, you guys, the things that, that were being replied. So I just want y'all to know that you are not alone. As always, we are thinking about you, we being the Grief Unfiltered community. I don't know, everyone. And yeah, just stay strong out there. I know it's it's a tough time and I know I hate when people say stay strong. Take your moments. This is something that me and Ashling talk about in the episode. The best advice I ever got was like, take those 20 minutes you need to be sad and then move on with your day. And I think that is great advice. Um, my episode today features Ashling. She's 31. She lives in Canada. She lost her dad in 2017 to a workplace accident. So she is very passionate about workplace safety, obviously because of her father's death, but she was actually into it before he passed away, which is so crazy. Uh, she goes into her story with her father, him passing away, what she's doing now to get involved. And then the back half of the episode, we talk about holidays and grief. Again, I know this is a tough time for everyone. I listen to other podcasts and it's crazy. Like, you know, you think of the holidays and happy and we all love presents and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's so positive, but I just feel like there's a lot of people and just behind the scenes, like nothing is ever as easy as it seems, whether you're in our shitty grief club that no one wants to be in and you're missing your loved one this holiday season and trying to just navigate them not being here for the holidays, whether it's your first year, your fifth year, your 10th year, whatever. I don't really think it gets easier. I'm on my fifth Christmas without my mom and I feel just more lost than ever. I feel like, you know, we're getting to that point where it's been five years now. You know, it's not a new burn or whatever. It's not as intense, but you still want to find ways to honor your loved one and, and remember them and keep them alive. Um, but certain things are just fading and memories are fading and it's just, it's tricky times. The, the year five, it's things that I would have never thought about before. So again, the holidays are hard for anyone, but then you think of people that, you know, are going through a divorce or people that have other family members that have passed away or people that, um, might be dealing with a miscarriage, like things like that, that it's just a sad time for a lot of people. So I hope this podcast can bring you some type of joy. And I hope y'all know, like I said, you are not alone in this. We are in this together and I'm always here. If you want to DM me on Instagram, I love to listen. So if you're having a shitty day, please feel free to shoot me a message and I will reply very, very soon. Um, another thing, if you're just kind of having a bad day, pay it forward to someone. Ashling gave me my favorite advice for pay it forward. She said her dad had a certain drink that he liked. I think it was a cappuccino. I'm not, I don't remember. Um, and so at Starbucks, she'd be like the next person that buys a cappuccino it's on me and like pay $5 for it or something. And I'm like, Oh my God, my mom had a latte. She loved, like, I would love to pay it forward that way. So you're honoring your loved one, connecting with them and then selfishly feeling good. Cause you bought someone a coffee. So that's great advice she had. She had really 
cool stories. I'm excited for y'all to hear her interview. You know, when she reached out to me and we talk about this in the episode, she wanted to talk about workplace safety and like, obviously her story is powerful because of her dad, but I'm like, oh my God, workplace safety, like snooze fest. But that's like the, the reputation or the perception that we have when it comes to workplace safety. And she talks about that, like training videos and stuff that you do in the workplace can be so dull and boring and like some bad reenactment from the eighties. And she's like, it doesn't have to be like that. And and that's part of what she's doing to make sure people are really paying attention to these videos and not just snoozing out on their phone in the back room uh, or in the back of the room. So I really enjoy Ashling's conversation. Another thing we talk about that I haven't talked about before with people, her dad was an organ donor. So he used his organs and saved other people's lives once he had passed away. And she actually, people have contacted her whose organs that have saved their loved ones lives and it's just really cool to you know have however you want to look at it but I say a happy ending to her story and how she and her father or how her father was able to help other people and bring joy to them as well so that is a really powerful part of the episode again she goes into workplace safety we talk about the holidays we talk about honoring people and she's someone I was just really in awe of when we finished our conversation I think she has a very mature outlook on grief very healthy outlook on grief she said you know I I cried this morning but you know life is life I've got to move on I have bills to pay and my dad wouldn't want me sad so it is what it is and I think that's a healthy way to look at it sometimes and she gives really really good advice she is what four years into grief so almost where I'm at and and yeah you're just at that point where you're like well they're not coming back. So we got to figure out how to move forward. (laughs) So, um, like I said, I just want to make sure to focus the beginning of this episode as sending as much love as I can to y'all. We are all in this shitty club together, but we are stronger because of it. So I'm sending you a hug right now. You are stronger than you know. Think of how far we've already gotten this year and you will surprise yourself what you can handle. Um, I love y'all. I'm so grateful for you as I say every podcast. Next episode, so after this one in two weeks, will be our year-end wrap-up. So it's a solo episode and I'm just going to go through all of our guests this year and the highlights and what I kind of took away from each of them and then just like catch up with y'all. So if there's any think you want me to talk about make sure to dm me like i said at grief unfiltered on instagram it's also where you can find ashling's page um i tagged her in the post about the episode today and she has a page dedicated to workplace safety as well all right without further ado merry christmas y'all happy holidays and welcome ashling to the podcast as you know my name is ashling boyd i am probably one of your canadian interviewers uh so based here in calgary alberta but originally from toronto ontario um so we connected i reached out to let you know that i do too have a grief um story a little bit of an interesting spin than probably most people out there even though we all have our unique story mine all started due to a workplace fatality Mm. so back in may of 2017 my dad went to work and he never returned home My dad was an owner and an operator of a landscaping company called Shamrock Garden and Landscaping. My dad was actually an immigrant from Ireland and had just celebrated 39 years of business the month before. Um, He was working in Toronto, 62 years old at the time, but being an Irish man, he was still very hands-on and extremely passionate about his job. 
Ironically, I was actually in Toronto for a work conference and flew in a few days before, spent time with my family, which was no different than any other work trip and attended my conference that week. Well, that Tuesday, I hit my snooze button a few times, heard my dad downstairs getting ready for work. And then I heard him pack up his lunch, open the door, leave the house, turn on his pickup truck and drive away. Well, I shortly woke up, went to my conference, and within two hours of being at that event, um, my brother, I have two older siblings, my brother called me and told me my dad had been in an accident. As a landscaper, there's certain instances that have happened. We've never had anything severe happen to him on a job site. Um, so I just thought maybe he fell from a tree. There was different scenarios that kind of ran through my mind. So I asked my brother immediately where he was. And if anyone knows Toronto, he was at St. Mike's Hospital, which is like the most downtown core you could get. Mm. It's the worst way to get to a hospital. But I somehow managed to get through traffic, not knowing exactly the state of what my dad was in. Um, My sister, um, she's older than me. She's a nurse at a different hospital. So she also rushed downtown, picked up my mom along the way, and we all made our way down to the hospital. So my brother got there first, I soon arrived and we were actually brought into a private room. When you're heading to the hospital, was death even something you were thinking like, oh, my dad might be dying or was that not even, yeah, I wouldn't think it would be something going through your head. I wouldn't say it was death, but I was absolutely terrified. I remember getting into the car and calling my girlfriend and telling her and I couldn't even breathe. And she's like, but Ash, you don't know what happened. Like, it could be something minor. And I'm like, just based on the tone of my brother's voice, I'm like, this is not something minor. So to be honest with you, should I have driven downtown? Probably not. I was definitely in a state. I was confused. I was trying to get the GPS on. I just knew in my gut something was really, really bad, but I didn't think it was death related. Okay. And so when I ran into the hospital, I went into a merge, not knowing where I was going. And there was a gentleman behind the desk that actually came out and he obviously saw I was so confused. And he's like, what is your family name? And I even told him my dad's name. And he's like, okay, you need to follow me. Well, when we were walking down the hallway, I saw all these people. And I just thought my brother was going to be sitting in one of those chairs. Yeah. But then I turned around and then he was in a private room. So as soon as I was brought, brought into a private room, I'm like, well, this is more severe. Like, you know, typically you would just go into a hallway and then find out, you know, if someone has a broken bone, you're just brought into that room. Um, So no, death was not, was not the first thing that came to mind. Okay. And you said once y'all were in the private room, what happened? So I walked in and my brother had just obviously grabbed me and hugged me. And I said, what's going on? And he said he didn't know um, and that he was waiting for the doctor to come in and let him know. I later found out that my brother actually did see my dad. Um, get pulled out of like the ambulance on a stretcher Um, didn't see any movement from him and didn't really know what had been happened so I could do not it felt like it was 30 seconds later a surgeon walked in and said you need to sign these papers your dad has had severe head trauma and we need to have surgery if we don't have the surgery your dad will likely die oh my god and I said I thought right away like a how can someone be so blunt and say that And I did turn to him as my brother was signing the papers. And I said, I don't care what the fuck you do. You just better save my dad. And he actually started, his eyes started to well up. And I'm like, this surgeon, this is his, you know, job. And I'm like, I don't know if he's a new surgeon or what's going on. And so then I was like, okay, this is 
this is bad, but I'm like, we're in the right place. They could fix my dad. He'll bounce back. And my dad was a super optimistic man. Um, he actually had minor heart attacks or a minor heart attack, like seven or eight years prior. Um, but just like happy go lucky live life to the fullest, like mentality was like, we never know when we're going to expire. So you just got to go full throttle was kind of his mentality. So anyway, so then when that happened, my mom walked in and my sister and sister-in-law, and then they were told, so obviously my mom was in such a state. And then they brought us into another private room. And I was like, what is going on here? So they said they're going to proceed with the operation. What had happened was my dad was working on the steep embankment in the backyard of his client's home was harnessed and anchored in. He had two points, two anchor points, and he had pivoted to say something to his employee and he lost his balance and two anchor points actually failed on him. Shit. Yeah. So he rolled down the hill bank and then actually flew off the hill bank. And there was like a seven foot retaining wall and then um, ended up hitting his head off of the brick uh, wall of the home. Now, these homes in this particular area were quite old and also massive. And the window walls were the size of a human body. He actually fell into that, but got himself out and then immediately collapsed. So his employees called. So by the time my dad got to the hospital, he was actually on life support and in a coma. So we were told that, and they said he had not one broken bone or bruise on his body, but it was all head trauma. It was an enclosed fracture. So they said, based on the hit, it actually caused a blockage from allowing the blood to circulate. So they said they would put a drain through his brain, essentially, and try and release this pressure. Now, thinking about that, so they end up not being able to do the operation because as they moved him, his organs started to shut down. So then we had to monitor him. And then things weren't looking good. So at this point, like we have more family that's coming to the hospital. Um, my dad, half of his siblings live in Ireland. So they were actually on flights. Apparently my brother was making all these phone calls. I did nothing to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I was definitely the most useless sibling. Thank God I have much older siblings. Like my brother's eight and a half years older. My sister's six and a half. I was not planned. So uh, <laughs> I was, and I was the baby of the trial. So that kind of made everything just obviously a lot harder. And the night before my dad and I, I know I'm going back and back and forth here. No. The night before um, this happened, my dad and I were planning our trip to Ireland together. So I was extremely fortunate. I know I am that my dad was my best friend and I actually traveled to like India and we went to Ireland many times, but as I got older, it was just harder for him and I to always have those trips together. Cause obviously summer is prime season for his business. Um, so yeah, we were planning it all out. It's, I had papers and stuff of all of his notes and then obviously that had happened. So with that, they just told us we had to monitor him, but then the doctor came in and he said, I am supposed to believe in science, but I really hope mother nature will prove me wrong, but it's not looking very well at this stage. Mm. So they said, we can keep him on life support for another 12 hours. And then we really need to kind of make a final decision. Now, my dad had actually made comments randomly. Like, it's not like my family and I, we sat down and talked about death, but my dad was a very vocal person. And he did tell us if I'm ever on life support, you pull the plug, I've done my time. Well, oh my God, I've already had chills like four times during this interview. Damn. Yeah. So when the doctor said, you know, do we keep him on? I know my dad would be like, pull that plug. I've done my time. Like I've literally done everything I've wanted in my life. And he had such a happy life. But I said, no, I'm like, we've had miracles in our family. He'll be our miracle. Well, we waited the 12 hours, but actually in between that 12 hours, he ended up passing. But the doctor told us like, at this point, we're re gonna reconvene. Um, so actually part half of the night he was dead and I had no idea. Well, we kind of did. Like I, I felt like he just started to go cold and I was like, 
is this him? Like, is, is he, you know, you have all these doubts and I'm raised Catholic, but obviously that's really kind of, um, that's fallen to the wayside, but like, couldn't pray, didn't know what to think. Mm-hmm. And I had like a rosary. I think my mom gave it to me and I had it like wrapped around his hand. Like, you're just so desperate. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did pass, but we couldn't actually pull the plug because him and I actually became, um, organ donors at the same time. I was like renewing my license one time. And then we just, I didn't even remember my best friend had to tell me that. And she's like, yeah, she's like, I remember the day when you guys did that together. Aww. So because of that, they had to keep him on life support so they could do the operations to take his organs. And he ended up saving four women's lives. Oh so gosh. yeah. And we've actually gotten three out of the four recipients letters. Wow. Two and a half years after his passing. And it was like, timely like the first was at my parents anniversary the Mm. second was his birthday like around that time and then the third was actually his one-year mark anniversary that's really cool because I feel like you always hear like organ donor organ donor and it's like on the license but I feel like you never hear like the I mean it's it's a very like heartbreaking ending for you but like the point of being an organ organ donor is the happy ending of it that that he actually helped people Absolutely. And that's what my dad was. He was also a very charitable man. And he, like, he left an insane legacy behind, which obviously I hope I could follow in the footsteps. But we do say that it's like, even when he passed, it is mind boggling. Like you can die, but yet your organs can save people's lives. And some of the letters, one was like a poem. It was like from a grandmother where it's like, because of you, I was able to dance with my daughter at her wedding. Because of you, I've been able to play with my grandchildren. Because of you, I've been able to find joy in my life again. Like, and to be honest, I, it hurt me so much to read that letter because my dad had become a grandfather and he's now missed out on another granddaughter and, and a grandson. But at the same time, it's like, I, I'm so jealous and envious of that woman, but I'm also so, um, so happy for her. It's kind of a really it weird is, yeah. blend of feelings. Wow. Wow. And this was four and a half years ago, correct? Yeah. So he uh, passed away on May 17th, 2017. Okay. So uh, thank you for sharing your story. And I'm, I'm excited to have you on the podcast because like you said, your story, everyone has a unique grief story, but yours is unique with the workplace um, accident, I guess is what you would call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say it would fall under the workplace fatality and what's kind of weird. And I wouldn't want to say that this was kind of shadowing it, but um, I worked for an organization at the time that sold a lot of safety products because I moved from Toronto to Calgary. So being my family being very charitable, I was always doing community work. So I'm like, I'm new to this city. How do I get involved? So the company at the time was like, be our representative for this organization that advocates for workplace safety. And you actually hear about these people's stories, whether it's a fatality, a life-altering disease, um, or an injury. And so I went to this event. I learned about this woman who had lost her husband when she was six months pregnant to a workplace fatality. And we did this walk and we raised funds to support families that were impacted. Because, you know, someone who lost a loved one from cancer, Alzheimer's, or there's usually like groups that you can sometimes go to. Well, workplace fatality, there was really nothing. So there was a mother who started it because she lost her son to it um, in the early 2000s. So that was May of 2016. So my dad knew about this event that I attended. I'm like, I'm going to go, whether it's on behalf of the company or I go by myself. And he's like, absolutely, because he was a huge safety guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I go May 2017. I think it was May 5th. And then two weeks later, my dad was gone and I became an example. 
That's crazy. Such a, call it a silver lining. Now I'm actually a volunteer for that organization and didn't know the scale in terms of what they do, but it's like I was exposed to it. And that's very trippy. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, chills again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for you to sh- that you shared your story and bringing awareness to that. So I told you, I was like, oh my God, I have like obviously nothing to relate to, but just stuff to say about this because I just started a job and it's with a few, a food distribution company. And we had a whole day focused on safety. And like, I feel like you, you think of like, okay, workplace accidents or being safe in the workplace, but they had this video that has traumatized me and I will never look at things the same ever again. Like it was very realistic situations, reenactments with actors of stuff that happened. And you're like, Oh shit, that could easily happen to you or to anyone. And, um, it's very, it left a big mark on me. And, um, and the guy said he had some statistic. I don't remember it, but he's like 70% of accidents that happen with this company, you know, happen the first two years with people that have only been employed two years. Like if you're new to the job, the risk is like 10 times more or something. So it's just stuff that you're like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I, I, you think about it, I guess. But when I watch, you know, we had a whole day of training on it and we watch all these examples and hear stories and you're like, Oh, this is, this can easily happen to anyone. Well, and to your point, it can happen to anyone. I find that with, I don't know if I would say our generation or society, but people always think safety more on like the construction side. Yeah. Um, Those are high risk hazard type job applications. But whether you're a barista, um, a landscaper, a doctor, or someone working the food processing plant, like we all go to work, but there's all type, some type of safety protocol or mandate. Mm -hmm. Like even I had a friend, her mother was a nurse and she actually died in a car accident on her way to work. That actually fell under a workplace fatality, which I didn't even realize. Like, yes, it was the car accident that was the root cause of her, of her death, but it's all the stuff that people don't think. And it's not a household topic, Jamie. And the thing is, I'll throw some stats at you. In Canada, three families a day will find out that their loved one is not returning home. Globally, there was 2.78 million workplace fatalities globally reported last year. We're not even talking about the injuries and the life-altering diseases. And yet we all work in some capacity and workplace safety is just not the topic that we discuss. I was was very impressed with with my company and, and how they had like a safety manager, I guess. And, and it was, it was handled very well, but, um, I just, I think that's not the norm for most jobs, especially when you start spending a whole day of training dedicated to that. Well, and some of them do more training. Like I have to give kudos to a lot of these companies Mm -hmm. that have like a safety culture, but sometimes it can be so dry. And then you have someone like me where I volunteer for this organization. It's called threads of life. It is in Canada and it supports all families with a workplace incident story. And I'll share my story, which, yeah, can be sad. And sometimes it will hit home to other people. But there's always got to be that call to action, right? And I think that's also something where we need to kind of shift in terms of the importance. Don't make it so dry and terrifying as well, because sometimes that does not really work. Um, But it's just elevating that conversation and advocating for it that we really need to start to transpire. Again, it's being done Mm -hmm. um, all over the world, but there's a lot more work ahead of us. So that's kind of what I've been part of and trying to figure out what piece and, and where can I help with? I have a story, but there's also a lot more that we need to do from there. How, 
and welcome to my podcast. We go back and forth with everything. So bear with me. But how when did you decide? I know you were already involved with the organization before your dad passed away. But when did it hit you that you're like, okay, this is how and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. But to me, it's like you're living your dad's, you know, you're honoring his legacy by being proactive in this. So when did that become something you're like, I want to be more involved or, or did you have a moment in your grief journey that you looked and you're like, okay, I'm going to make his passing mean something. And I'm going to make sure that I can save someone else from feeling the, the grief I'm feeling. Yes. I'm so glad you asked that November, 2017. Oh, you already know. Okay. Yeah. Because when my dad passed away, so like I was with him and like I said, like I'll be, I was 26 and I was very attached to my dad. And so at the same time, he raised me to be an independent woman, all this stuff and indirectly kind of taught me how to deal with this whole grief and grief rocked me. And I was more focused on the grief and figuring out, didn't understand what anger meant, you know, all the grief stages that you, you highlight and talk about. Um, and then eventually, because I also bought my first house a month after him, like it was all these first and complicated and then Father's Day. And yeah, so mm. we'll talk about holidays. So it was a lot to take in. And then I got into the fall and I'm like, okay, if I don't do, I can't just keep dwelling on his loss. And I wouldn't say I was one that got sucked in. And to be honest, my friends were like, you're going to go two ways. You're going to go, you're going to go you're going to get depressed and really sad, even though I was always very lively. They're like, or you're going to go full throttle and make the best of your life Mm -hmm. because people knew how I, he had such positivity. I, I, I lived off of my dad's positivity, if that makes sense. Like I was like Mm -hmm. a clone of him. So when people found out that I lost him, they're like, Oh my God, like we've never seen Ash, like in a bad state. Like Mm -hmm. she just lost her rock. Like what's going to happen. So I was like, no, my brother said he always would say this stuff in terms of how our dad invested in us emotionally and financially and like the return on investment in it. And I'm like, I'm, I, I got to show some ROI for this. I'm I like, this was not your plan. It is what it is. This is what life is. And now I just got to figure out, I'm like, you taught me all the tools, but what he taught me was when you have challenges, even though you don't know the meanings behind it, just do your best and try and help someone else. So I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to help someone when I just lost you from a workplace fatality? And then I went and reminded myself of threads of life. And I just thought I could reach out and be like, can I help you the day of the event? I actually didn't know the scope of what they did. So when I reached out, I'm like, you know, um, I lost my dad to workplace fatality. And they're like, do you even know what our resources are? I'm like, no, I just thought you were talking about workplace safety. And they're like, no, we have uh, family forums. We have a speaker bureau. Like we have family events that you can um, be part of. So you're literally connected with other family members who've been impacted. And so from there, I became a volunteer for the Calgary because it's a, it's a walk. Steps for Life is their fundraising arm and it's a walk every May, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, and all those funds then go to all these resources to then help these families um, that are impacted. So I just went full throttle and then I was like a sponsorship coordinator and then I became a speaker and all this stuff kind of transpired. Um, wow, that's really, really neat. So I was like, the, you asking that question, Jamie, my thought was, I don't want another daughter or loved one to go through what I went through. Yeah. But I also don't want them to go through what I went through and then get it. I was exposed to safety. I knew the importance. I would always hear my dad um, not using good words towards his employees. 
on job sites because they're not doing the right safety stuff. So he was quite intense because of the liability, but also just the safety of his employees as a whole was very important to him. And so I said, I saw that. And yet I had to lose him in order to understand the importance of workplace safety. Mm. I'm like, how can I do it? So then it's just starting to share my story network. And then I actually um, shifted my career slightly. And now I work for a safety manufacturing company and selling PPE. So I'm getting more entrenched in that safety space and working with these safety teams and kind of understanding what do they deal with day in and day out. Mm-hmm. That is really neat. And, and kudos to you. Your dad's only been gone a little over four years and you already are like making such an impact in that world. So that's really neat. I feel like some people, it takes a little longer to figure out stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I'm like the most impatient human. And I'm okay. sure maybe with your grief, like, I mean, I think because it was so sudden and it just happened so fast. Like he was sitting at the dining room table and then less than 24 hours, he was gone. Yeah. It's still a mind mess. Yeah. There are words here. Um, and so for me, I always tell my fiance, I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know when I'm going to expire. So like, sometimes I try and go too far. I'm like, I have no time to waste. We got to go, go, go. We got to like advocate and do all this stuff. Yeah. We just really don't know. Um, yeah. When our, when our life is going to come to an end. So did you, this is something I'm so curious about. So when I start any job or when people start jobs, you fill out all this paper, you sign all this stuff. I don't even know what random insurance plans, like life insurance stuff I'm signing up for. Did your dad, once he passed away, was that like a headache that you had to deal with, like lawsuits with the company? You didn't have to deal with that? No. So because it was his own company, Mm -hmm. technically, like in Ontario, you had the Ministry of Labor that has to come to site and evaluate the um, uh, the job site that he was okay. working. So like they have to open a case. And my brother actually went to, I've never actually been to the house. I don't know. I know mm. the community it's in, but I don't know actually where his accident happened. And to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't want to know what house it was. But my brother actually took over his company for a year and a half, even though my brother has his own company. Um, wow. Definitely, I think it was his grief method, but that's fine. So he actually committed to all the projects that my dad had lined up with all of his clients for the year, which Jesus. was insane. Yeah. I don't know how he did it. And so the ministry went to site and said, my dad had actually gone above and beyond all the safety protocols. We think it might've been environment. It was like weather conditions. It was raining. The soil was a little soft, but he was also an hour away from finishing the job. One oh hour. Oh my God. So it was kind of a perfect storm scenario, but we're a family where there were certain things that I guess the homeowners could have had in the backyard, like a railing along the steep embankment, but we're just not that family. We're like, if we sue them, it's not bringing him back. Oh, so the, so you would have had to sue sue the the owners of the home. We didn't, we wouldn't have, like, it could have been an option is what kind of was like months down the road. But to be honest with you, within like a few days, we closed the case and we've moved on. Mm. Like we can't bring him back. It is what it is. Like, why would like we start a battle when, yeah, it's just like not something our family even thought of. And after months, my brother's like, this is kind of what was investigated but he did go above and beyond there's just minor things that could have been done but then my dad knew of that too so mm. he was also a leader that I think kind of took a few risks um man does that just like I don't I feel like you're you're very positive and and it's a it's the story is so like 
that's crazy. Like you said, like it was a sudden death, like he's at the dinner table one day and, and gone the next. And that's something that, you know, obviously I've had plenty of people on this podcast who have like sudden deaths, but like just knowing the details of like an hour before finishing the project, I mean, was your grief journey at the beginning really tough? Like has it, has it been a long journey to get you to the place you're at now? It honestly has been coming in waves. I thought within like a year and a half, because I went full throttle and got grief counseling. Like my dad was also a big advocate for mental health. Our whole family is. And I've been fortunate. I've never really been impacted that way. Mm -hmm. So when I was given all these resources, I'm like, yeah, like what's wrong with me? And people are like, you're just grieving. But Mm -hmm. maybe with yourself, you also go through. So I thought like a year and a half, I have all the tools I can do this. And then my life starts changing. And then my grief is like getting worse. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going backwards. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's always going to be like that because of how embedded my dad was in my life. And honestly, he was part of my identity. I mean, I think our parents are obviously in a sense, but his company was also a big part of our family company because it was his company. Like it's all my mom ever knew was Shamrock Garden and Landscaping and all the trucks in our front lawn, you know, and then we're selling his trucks. And then my brother dissolved the company because he had his own company and that wasn't his passion. But there's two folds. Like when it, happened he always said when his time comes he wants to go super fast I'm like well you went fast and literally your job that you loved killed you so he actually went he probably went exactly the way he wanted probably wanted another you know 20 30 years with us Mm -hmm. but he did go the way he wanted Jamie so that doesn't hurt me but then yes knowing that God like I wish it rained that morning because landscapers, you don't really work in the rain. Right. So like my sister dealt with, she was so angry for the first few months. I'm like, you gotta be optimistic. We had an amazing father. He showed up, he gave us life. And she was just, she's like, no, this is BS. Like we should have him. Like he was a good man and it should have rained that day. He should have never gone to work. And I'm like, well, that's how the weather unfolded, you know? Um, and then obviously then I go through my anger six months after her and then she's, she's good. So it's it, crazy it, it about it. Waves. Yeah. It comes in waves. I'm the same way. And, and I've talked about this before, but it's like, you know, half of me is like, you know, I'm, I'm glad my mom is at peace now and she's not in pain and suffering and she doesn't have to battle every day. But then the next day it's like, it's such bullshit that she even got diagnosed. Like it's such like highs and lows. It's, it's some, mind fuck to put it nicely <laughs> it totally is it totally is. i don't know if you saw that um video i'm forgetting the actress's name but he lost his mother and he said you know grief is just an expression of of the love we had for them yeah um, or what we're also missing out from them so i always tell people like grief is the price you pay for love and i wouldn't want anyone to take that away so yeah i'm gonna have a little cry like i did this morning i do and then you push on through the day and just show yep. them, you know yep. them up for him, and that's that's how it is i'm the same way it's like I have I one of my first guests, he put it, he he was an author, he lost his wife. And I'll never forget it was like the best advice. But because I was like, I don't want grief to like eat me up, but I don't want to ignore it. But I don't wanna, you know, have it be my whole day. And he's like, he's like, hey, this is dramatic. He's like, if you need to put in your calendar, like give yourself 30 minutes for a pity party and then move on. And I'm like, that's the best advice. Be like, I'm going to take these 20 minutes and feel really bad for myself. And then I'm going to go about my day. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. Like there's times when I say my story and I'm like, I just want to cry right now. And actually it was during our training. It's like, sometimes just tell yourself to suck it up and cry later. Yeah. I'm not going to hold things in, but sometimes I'm like, 
might not be the greatest thing to cry in front yeah. of my boss, even though I know he would totally be comforting and mm-hmm. and great. But then I'm like, after the call, I'm like, okay, I'll have my little cry and release it. So it's not followed up and then move on through my day. Even though I know my dad, like this morning, I was like, I know you're probably pissed that I'm crying right now, but you know, I really wanted to ask for his advice or something like that. And I'm just, yeah, you get mad and, but now I've moved on with my day. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think just acknowledging it, I, I listen to the morning toast. I don't know if you know, um, it's a podcast. They're always like, acknowledge the space you're in. And I'm always like, okay, I'm acknowledging where I'm at right now. I'm going to feel my feelings and then I'm going to move on. So I feel you, but that's, that's again, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad that we're bringing awareness to this because it's not something that's a super common story. You know, you hear about cancer every other day, but I don't hear stuff like that. Um, and then uh, just bringing awareness to threads of life as well. And then do you mind talk before we're going to jump into holiday stuff, but before we kind of close this chapter, do you mind talking about, you know, where people can find you and what you're actively doing to bring awareness to workplace safety? Yeah, absolutely. So I know I mentioned threads of life. It is a Canadian organization, but if anyone knows, um, a member, a loved one or family, friend, colleague, whoever that's been impacted by a workplace fatality, life altering disease or injury, um, you can reach out to me and I can absolutely put you in touch with the right resources within that organization. Like I said, they've helped me immensely from me, obviously supporting the walk, but also getting another, I actually started talking to another daughter who had lost her father 11 years prior to me. And she kind of was like an informal counselor. So they offer, they call them family uh, forum support peers. Um, and then they also have family forums too, where you get together once a year. So you can find me though on Instagram. I started my brand actually over COVID called c.b.safety. It is CB safety, but I couldn't actually find that, <laughs> that account name on Instagram because it was taken. So I CB is was that? I would assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like kind of common, I guess. But CB is actually my dad's initials. Um, his name was Cahill Boyd, very Irish. I and love so, that. That's cool. yeah. It it is actually Charlene English, but Cahill is the Irish name. And so I really kind of just started it from a branding uh, standpoint. So from there, I've kind of it is a blend of what I call like grief safety, um, but also I've been starting to interview safety professionals to really kind of get their perspective on where is that safety gap? Like, why are we having such a hard time? We keep growing this gap rather, I think trying to get it smaller. And it's been really interesting connecting with safety managers, even like psychologists who specialize in safety. And so it's a slow progress. I'm also still kind of figure, or progress, still trying to figure out in terms of where I kind of fit. Rather than just sharing my story, I'm also kind of trying to leverage the network that I have and kind of figure out, um, yeah, where can we m- move the needle and, and try and reduce the amount of workplace incidents that happen on a daily basis. Are there, this is just me like curious, are there some workplace accidents that people wouldn't think about? Because I feel like, you know, I think of something like someone falling or something breaking and them falling and hitting their head. But is there stuff that you're like, well, this happens very common and people don't think twice about it or any examples that you can think of that that an everyday person might not even think of being a, a risk. Honestly, it's it's a great question. And I think there's a lot of answers to it okay. because 
there's a lot of hazards out there, like slips, trips, and falls are the biggest thing mm. out there. And usually slips, sometimes people end up having head trauma because they fall flat on concrete, right? Um, it depends on the industry. Like if you go into construction, they're kind of more, um, they just know of some of the hazards compared yeah. to someone that might be walking down the street to, you know, go grab an item that they need to bring back into the office, right? Wow. And so the slips and trips and falls are always kind of the major ones that come out there. But there's nothing that I know specifically, like I'm not actually accredited uh, safety professional, but just kind of talking to others that always yeah. seems to be the biggest ones or falling from heights, which was something that my dad did, but that is more common. But the more I've been getting embedded in safety, Jamie, it is so complicated because wow. it's us humans that have impacted it. Yeah. Like there's so like, I wish there was one big solution but like you look at your company, any of the hazards involved, and I look at my company, like I deal with a lot of, I, I sell gloves. And so there's a lot of cuts and lacerations, which some people are like, oh, whatever, it's just a cut of laceration. Like sometimes it can get infected and then you can't use your hand and now you're off work. And then it's the insurance claims that then skyrocket. And like nowadays, especially during COVID, insurance has just, it's through the roof, which is insane. And again, it all stems from workplace incidents. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm working in kitchens a lot too now. So there's like so many and I, it's, it's almost like when you're at an event or in a movie theater and you look at the exit signs, like when I'm in a kitchen now, I'm looking at like, okay, there's a knife, there's boiling water. There's this, like, I'm very aware of my surroundings because those videos, dude, they traumatize <laughs> me. It kind of did this work in the in the worst way possible. Oh, it, and I told the guy that I said I don't know if I'll have nightmares tonight, but at least I will not forget this day. <laughs> so I guess he did his job right. Um, okay, going more into your grief journey and into the holidays. Obviously, it's December. The holidays are here. They're not around the corner. We're in them. Um, what are some ways? And this is going to be a loaded question, just like advice you have for people. If it's a lot of people's first holiday, um, I did a poll today on Instagram, like, how are y'all doing for the holidays? And it, it wasn't good. A lot of people are not doing great this holiday season. Um, a lot of firsts this holiday season. So what advice do you have? And then what's something maybe your family does to honor your father during the holidays as well? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And just to call it to all those impacted, I just always have to remind myself, I'm not the only person in the world that's going through this. I just think so many other people have gone through first, second, third, 10 rounds of this, and yet they're still pulling through every single day. Um, the first Christmas was really hard because I mean, we were only seven months in. The thing was, I always flew back to Toronto for Christmas. And my dad and I would always have like our day-to-day -day, like fun activities or we would go out for dinner together, yeah. like love my mom. But like for some reason, me and my dad would always kind of slot time together. And we just, you know, we were always tag teaming. So I actually was fortunate. I'm an aunt and I have two nieces that are now seven. Um, I've honestly used them to fill those days yeah. that I would have had with my dad. So they know they have anti-days and we do um, like little adventures. I always try and something to do different every time I go home. So, and now I have another niece and nephew, so I've got my hands full. So, um, I wouldn't say I use them, but they just fill up that time I would have had with them. And obviously they bring me just so much joy. Um, yeah. so if you have little humans like that, I would say babysit them, take them off your, you know, siblings hands if you can. Um, but one thing that we do on Christmas day is the funeral actually gave us this like 
frame and there's four sides of it that show my dad as well as his like memorial card. And then there's like a, a lit candle that we put in the middle. So he's always in the middle of the table. Um, wow. And we just have that at every dinner, Thanksgiving, um, Easter and all that. Um, and then we just, you know, toast to my dad. And and we always talk about him because we want to make sure my nieces and nephew and even the ones that never met him always know about their grandpa mm-hmm. or their papa is what some of them call him. Um, so it's um, talking about him, bringing up his name. I think is just really important. Don't uh, try not to bring it up. I know some people are like, oh, I don't want to bring up your dad. I was like, you're not going to hurt me. I'm like, when you don't bring him up, you know, I was like, don't think I'm going to be sad. I'm like, I think about him all the time. And if I am sad, that's fine. I'm just releasing my feelings. Like you're not the one that's actually hurt me. So I think that's something that people have to be mine, but just talk about them. Don't feel like you can't address them in something that is, so hard during the holidays because there's so many family members like I'm going into this um Christmas this year so what is this number five for me and I'm now engaged and so I'm going through a whole different you know layer of grief because everyone's talking about my wedding and my uncle walking me down the aisle and stuff like this and so it's um yeah, you just got to give yourself some grace and and lean on those people that will also support you during these times. Wow. That was very well said. That was beautiful. I agree hundred percent with everything you said. Um, I think I love how y'all honor your dad. I think sometimes, and I've, I'm a broken record. I say this all the time, but we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to keep the legacy alive or make sure we're honoring them. And and make sure we're making them proud. But I think stuff as simple as lighting a candle for them, having their picture there with you, talking about them, saying their name. I always say like we bake this dish my mom always made. We do that every Christmas and just little things that that'll make their presence known. I think that's so important and not to put pressure on like, oh my God, it has to be this big thing. Cause that's what I did my first year of grief. And it's like, what was I, you know, like so dramatic. But there's, there's no one way, right, Jamie? Like at the time, yeah. you felt like it's going to help. And it's trial and error. Like one thing that I actually did and I learned it from grief counseling is I can't buy my dad gifts anymore, but I can buy someone else. So sometimes I'll go to Starbucks, get a gift card, and then I just tell the barista, I'm like, can you give this to the next person in line or someone who, you know, orders a cappuccino, something my dad started drinking, like he's Irish, he loved tea. And then he stopped drinking tea for a few years. So I'm like, give this to someone who orders a cappuccino, or he was also big into charity. So what I do is I donate to those causes on Christmas or Father's Day, because I can't give to him, but I can give to others on behalf of him. So that also might be something because on Christmas Day, I'm like, I can't give you a gift, but I'm going to go donate to the mental health on behalf of you. And you can actually do that. Some of them will be like, do you put this in honor of someone that you might've lost? So there's, I find it's trial and error, what works for you. And eventually for me, that's kind of what's resonated and makes me feel real good. Oh my gosh. I feel like you have such good advice. Okay. Do you think it's because grief count? Like how, how did you, how have you gotten so far in your grief journey like that? I've, I ask people a lot of the same questions and no one's ever said the gift for someone else in honor. I think that is really cool. And I'm stealing that because my mom had a certain drink at Starbucks she liked. Um, so I'm stealing that, but how do you, how do you think, like, is it, you're like, I'm so glad I went to counseling. Like what got you to this part of your grief journey that you can talk about it so easily and, and find such like the perfect words to say things. I have a podcast and I don't even find the right words. 
I appreciate that, Jamie. You're so sweet. I think just for me, I leverage a lot of resources. Like where I live, I'm actually quite fortunate because in the province of Alberta, they actually offer free grief counseling under our health authority. Where my family is in Ontario, it's kind of the case, but it's not as easy to get to. Like the place is 10 minutes away from me. And so it was actually a six week, I went one-on-one and then they're like, you're going to benefit from a group better. And I'm like, I'm open to anything. I'm desperate. I'm not understanding this grief. Cause I honestly thought it was like an order thing. And I'm like, oh, I'm angry, but now I'm sad. And now I'm like denial. I was like, the F is happening to me. So I was quite frustrated because typically my dad would be the one that could extract all my feelings and kind of what I was thinking. I was like, I gotta figure this out on my own. And so I'm like, why wouldn't I just lean on the resources and these experts? So actually grief, grief, like group grief counseling helps me immensely. Cause I was actually in a group of strangers. Like, like I said, I obviously have siblings and my mom, we, I don't know about you. And maybe you've talked about this, sorry, on podcasts. I've listened to a few of your podcasts, but we handled our grief so differently to the times where like, I couldn't even talk to my sister. Cause I'm like, I'm I'm so frustrated with you because we're on different stages and you're just not relating to me first. I'm not relating to you, but yet I went to this group and there was like another daughter there and we just clicked. And then from there, some of the, their volunteers as well. And one of the gentlemen, he actually shared that um, instant where he actually goes to a flower shop and buys flowers. Um, It would have been for his mom, but he buys it for like the next lady in line and just gives them to her. And I'm just like, And then I think it was just a Starbucks came to mind. And then it was like charities and just thinking of kind of like, where would my dad put his money kind of thing. And I just started following suit. Oh, this is amazing. I'm so glad we talked about the holidays. I know you have to go. We went longer than planned. (laughs) I, I, I just, I love that advice. And, um, yeah, I love that you reached out and you're bringing awareness to workplace safety. That was already something I was super excited to talk about because I feel like it's not talked about. Um, and then I'm, I'm really glad we talked about the holidays as well. I think that's really good advice. And I know right this month is not easy for a lot of people. And I think even the people it is quote unquote easier on like myself, it's like you put so much like this is my first Christmas with my daughter and my uh, the holidays with my daughter and it's like okay but I still want to make like honor my mom and it's just so much like unnecessary pressure so I really like those ideas that you shared thank you no you're most welcome and I mean I know you're giving myself credit for doing what I've done but look what you've done in such a short period of time and elevating these conversations I mean we all deal with grief and it's I I talk safety is complicated but I mean grief is a whole different layer of love and complications and challenges. Um, And unfortunately, there's not one formula. So I think it's just kind of picking and choosing your battles and figuring out what the solutions are. It's all a matter of trial and error, but being open to it. Amen. All right. Well, thank you again so much for your time. Um, I will tag you on Instagram and I will link the foundation and then I will link your Instagram as well in the show notes. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. Appreciate it. You stay safe out there. Thank you. (laughs) 